Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We read a short section from our gospel lesson, Matthew chapter 22. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. We pray. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed. If anyone thinks that Jesus never judges or condemns anybody, he should consider the parables we've looked at the last several Sundays. They are all quite harsh, including this parable before us today, which has a similar message. A lot of bad news in this parable, but there's good news too, especially when we combine the good news here with the good news found in our Old Testament lesson from Isaiah chapter 25, but we'll come to that later in, in the sermon. But uh, the first thing we notice here in the parable is that there is this invitation that is sent out by the king to his son's wedding banquet, and we see the response. His servant, he sent his servants to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come, but the king doesn't give, give up. Again, he sent out other servants and said, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner. Come to the wedding banquet. And the king, unfortunately, receives a similar response, but this time we're told why. Some refused the invitation, but they paid no attention and went away, one to his own farm, another to his business. In other words, they, they had excuses, they had other obligations and very busy they were thinking and no doubt they they were busy so think of it this way the king the god who created us knows better than we know ourselves he knows what we need better than what we think we need. He's also the one who gives us our fields and our businesses and whatever else on earth we have, all those good things that occupy our time. But then he's also the one who says, I'm extending to you an invitation to a place and an event that is so amazing, like nothing ever before, where you will have perfection and joy and peace, and it will never, ever end. What in the world, then, should ever have a higher priority? Why in the world would anyone come up with any excuse and ignore this invitation? The God who provides us with our fields and our businesses who provides us with our homes and our marriages and our education and so many other good things in this life. 
He's also the one who invites us. He's inviting us to something much, much better than what he gives us here and now, no matter how good it is that we have right now. Everything is ready. Come. Seek first the kingdom of God. No excuses allowed. We also have described here in these first verses to you freely, no cost to you, a three-week vacation in Hawaii. Everything's paid for. And you say, hold on a minute. And you walk back in the house and you come back with a gun and you shoot him. <laughs> that, that's how bizarre this is. This is how strange this is. It doesn't make sense. So what's being described here is the insane, automatic, deep-seated hatred for God who loves them and who wants them to be saved. And so the king reacts. The king was enraged and he sent out his troops, killed those murderers, and burned down their city. Jesus was referring here to the Old Testament history of the Babylonian invasion and captivity where hundreds of thousands of Jews were killed and God is not one who takes kindly to rejection. He is a jealous God. Jealousy understood in a good way. He wants us to fear, love, and trust in him alone because only he can save. And all other gods are false gods who cannot save. He is a God who will punish and carry out vengeance upon those who reject him and his salvation. This is not a pleasant or a popular way to, to view God, but whether it is popular or pleasant is not the issue. What the issue really is, is whether or not this is a true understanding of God. And both the Old and the New Testament describe God in this way. Now, but people still say things like, God would never do that. And I've heard that said many times. And let's hope they don't find out too late. <clears throat> but these same people, you know, the odd thing about them is, is that they do not operate that way themselves. And they don't believe society should bias or blindness. Even if they don't apply it as they should, everyone understands the concept of justice and that it should be there to some degree in some form. You know, you just take it, uh, the justice we administer at home, you know, timeouts, spankings, that's, that's justice. Or you carry it a bit further, uh, fines or prison, and of course the death penalty. 
these all make the point that there is some kind of justice and punishment that is right and necessary and which we would say built into us. How much more is that true of God, even if we don't like it? Granted, his justice is the most severe, but it is severe because it involves the greatest of violations. Hatred and rejection of God and his love and his offer of heaven because of the work of his son. Let's take a look at that person mentioned in the last verses of this parable. A little bit strange. When the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man there who was not dressed for a wedding. He said to him, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him up hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what do we make of this man who shows up as a guest and yet is thrown still into hell? Now what is the point that Jesus is, is making here? Now the first part of the parable is uh, directed toward those who clearly do not accept the invitation. We would say who choose not to be Christians, who say no to believing in the true God, or purposely never come to church. But this man gets thrown into outer darkness. He seems to have accepted the invitation. In other words, he is not among those who ignored the invitation or became obsessed with his business or whatever, or who mistreated, persecuted, or killed those who delivered the invitation. So what is this man's problem? Well, let's try to answer that by asking ourselves some questions. Do you come to church regularly? Do you pray? Do you support the church? Do you do kind things for others? Do you admit that you are a sinner? Do you come to the Lord's Supper for some reason? Have you been baptized and do you know what that means? All these things are good things. And they are things that Christians do. But it is possible to do all these things and still be thrown into hell. It is possible to do all these things and not be a Christian and not enter heaven. So Jesus here is telling us to check up on ourselves here. At the king's wedding banquet, the banquet of his son, does not depend on doing these things.
rather truly accepting the invitation and being welcomed into the Son of God's wedding banquet depends on what you are wearing. Wearing wedding clothes. So it, it was customary in those days for the host, in this case the king, to provide his guests with a wedding garment. If the one invited would not accept the wedding garment provided by the host, he would not be properly dressed and not welcomed to the wedding banquet. And so the king would rightly say to you, to him, do you have a problem with what I want you to wear to my son's wedding banquet? Do you have a problem with the garment that I myself have provided for you? We can try to come in our own self-made wedding clothes. But if we try that, we need to be reminded of what it says in Isaiah 64. All our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. We need a different garment. Entering into the wedding banquet is a matter of what you wear. And what you wear is to be a garment provided by the king himself. Again, Isaiah 61 says, My soul will celebrate because of my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation, with a robe of righteousness. He covered me. And we're told in the New Testament that the righteous garment, the righteousness of God, is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. It is that simple. And it is so comforting. It is so certain. We could also say it this way. Entering into the wedding banquet is a matter of who we wear. Paul said, for those who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. And so we see faith and we see baptism and, and they work together. Baptism and faith work hand in hand. Your baptism is the giving means or instrument, how it is offered and distributed to you. The faith you have been given is the receiving means, how you grasp it. And so let me try to put this together for us by looking at the broader biblical context in which all of this is set, this whole parable. The context is one of human beings who are off doing. First, God himself freely gives you 
clothes you with the righteousness of Christ. And there is none better. His is perfect. And it is yours. Second, once you arrive there at that banquet, that wedding banquet of the Son of God, this is where Isaiah 25 comes in, you will enjoy a the finest meat, prime cuts, aged and vintage wine. Once you are there, you will experience that your death has once and for all been swallowed up. Your death is gone because of the sacrificial death of Christ for you and your sins. Once you are there, the Lord God will wipe away the tears from your face. And you will see that he has removed all disgrace from you because Christ was disgraced for you on the cross. And so on that day, you will say, look, this is our God, this God who did all this. This is our God. We have waited for him and he has saved us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forevermore. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.